As if we did not have enough holidays to worry about at this time of year, I offer the following possibilities for additional cheer and or punishment. These include National Emo Day, Look for an Evergreen Day, National Hard Candy Day, Goa Liberation Day. It's also time to celebrate the 473rd installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that is not capable of having any feelings about your presence. But I'm Sean Tubbs, and I'm glad you're reading or listening. On today's program, highlights from the latest report from interim Charlottesville City Manager Michael C. Rogers, including news that the cost estimate for a replacement of the fire station on the US-250 bypass is over budget. A quick look at legislation pre-filed in the General Assembly, including a cap on the total amount of money one person can give to a political candidate. The first of several segments from the December 13, 2022 Charlottesville Planning Commission on comments made before the meeting actually began. And the second Planning Commission segment covers recent planning updates, including a preview of next year's public review of a new zoning code, intended to make it easier to build new housing and other buildings. In today's first Patreon-fueled shout-out, since the very beginning of this newsletter, one Patreon supporter who's been there since July of 2020 has used his shout-out to draw your attention to the work of the Plant Northern Piedmont Natives Campaign. The campaign is a coalition of grassroots partners, including motivated citizens and volunteers, partner organizations, and local governments who want to promote the use of native plants. We are now at the beginning of winter, and if you're already looking forward to the spring, this is the time to learn about what you need to plan to attract pollinators who will keep native species going. To learn more, visit plantvirginianatives.org to download Piedmont Native Plants, a guide for landscapes and gardens. Tonight, the Charlottesville City Council will meet for the final time of 2022, and with that event will come the final report from Interim City Manager Michael C. Rogers for this year. Often, these items are discussed at the meeting, but sometimes they are not. So let's get some of the highlights into this version of the public record. There are a few more days to fill out the National Community Survey if you live in Charlottesville. The input will be used to inform the strategic plan that will soon get underway. A new person has begun work as a grants analyst to manage funds that flow from the United States Department of Housing and Urban Development. Anthony Warren's position is listed in the Office of Community Solutions. The position of housing manager has not yet been filled. That person will ensure that the city's affordability provisions are actually being met. Charlottesville Area Transit is seeking ways to move forward with route changes, or at least expansion of service to the center at Belvedere on Route 11. The report states that the Federal Transit Administration has to review the changes. Charlottesville Area Transit also continues to get ready to provide microtransit service in Albemarle County. And staff is also working to expand the bus stop at Midway Manor, which will require an easement from the property owner. The city is ready to take possession of plastic bags to provide eligible households with enough in advance of the plastic bag tax that goes into effect on January 1st, 2023. Are people ready for this to occur? 
Work on the city's economic development strategic plan will begin soon. The city has announced that residents has been hired to do that work, with completion in the summer. Outgoing interim police chief Tito Durrett has ordered a state of the department to be ready by the time that Michael Conscious takes over as police chief. Here's a section from that part of the report. The audit's goal is to provide stability within the organization, ensuring an orderly and efficient transition of command. Some of the tasks that will be accomplished include conducting inventories of the property in evidence room, all firearms, including ammunition, and less lethal weapons in our possession, the quartermaster space, our motorized and bicycle fleet, our communications and electronic systems, including all phones, radios, computers, and audio-video surveillance equipment, all badges and sworn credentials, and of all other fixed assets that are within the main facility and any of our off-site offices. 20% of city employees participating in a phishing email campaign failed, according to a report from the Department of Information Technology. And finally, the Route 250 bypass fire station is perhaps $1 million over the estimate, even after value engineering. There are now 23 days until the next session of the Virginia General Assembly. Here are some more bills that may be of interest for you to track when the session gets underway. Delegate Emily Brewer has a bill that would allow holders of concealed weapons permits to carry explosive material or firearms into any building owned by the state of Virginia, including Capitol Square. Brewer also has two bills that would extend workers' compensation to add certain cancers believed to be derived from occupational hazards. The College of William and Mary would no longer supervise and manage Richard Bland College, which would instead become independent if another bill from Delegate Brewer becomes law. The number of judges assigned to a locality is derived from the General Assembly. Delegate Daniel Marshall has a bill to extend that to three judges from two in the 22nd Judicial District. Marshall has another bill that would allow industrial development authorities to fund affordable housing projects, regardless of whether a housing authority exists in that same community. Delegate Bill Wiley has a bill that would require the political party of candidates nominated for local races to be identified as such on the ballot. Senator Chap Peterson has a bill that would prohibit political campaign contributions in excess of $20,000 from persons, but there would be no limit for political action campaigns. This would apply to statewide office and general assembly races. A second bill from Peterson would prohibit political contributions from utility companies. For much of the next couple of weeks, you're going to read and hear a lot from meetings I've not yet been able to get to. That begins right now with the first of several reports from the December 13th, 2022 meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission. I'd like to start the preview. We're a little bit late, but can we start the preview? Maybe we can't. The official start to the meeting begins at 5.30 p.m. That's what the calendar entry on the city's website says. But the Planning Commission starts a pre-meeting at 5 p.m., at which official business is discussed. One of the items on the regular agenda was the draft capital improvement program. Chair Lyle Sola-Yates took the opportunity during the pre-meeting to ask a broad question. 
We have a lot of, I think, important projects that are not recommended for funding in this uh, CIP. I suspect they are important and we need them. Um, I would like to have a better understanding of staff from staff how painful this is going to be to not fund them. Um, how, how much pain are we in for? This question is asked before the meeting begins and before a presentation has begun. Still, there's an answer from Chrissy Hamill, the city's budget director. She said this time last year, the city did not feel it would have additional capacity for more projects in the future. Hamill said that's not entirely the case going into fiscal year 22 due to greater than expected revenues. Um, I think what we'll talk about tonight is that um, capacity is not really an issue. We're really back more to affordability. To your point, there are lots of things um, that aren't even on the list. Uh, for example, for schools that we know that they have needs um, and they weren't submitted, they're not on that list yet, but they've been talked about, um, as well as affordable housing projects and other things. So we're never without projects. The conversation about the capital improvement project continued, despite the meeting not technically starting yet. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg noted that the city received seven submissions answering a recent request for proposals from nonprofit developers to construct below market housing. How are we anticipating that we would hypothetically fund those if we wanted to? Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders said that was a good question. The reality is, is that there is no money that is basically set aside for that purpose. So when those applications come in, the, the approach that we're taking by creating this RFP to try to channel all of them at one time is so that we can review them, basically compile that information and put it before council. Sanders said that staff's direction from the affordable housing plan adopted in March of 2011 is to make $10 million available each year for affordable housing projects. In addition to the RFP for construction, there is also a request for proposals for nonprofit groups for operations that will close at the end of this month. And we are actually implementing the affordable housing plan as it was intended. But we know there's a lot more projects that are out there that are on the table to be done. There's a lot more desire for the city to be engaged in that. And council has to help balance that. Sanders said that will include making comparisons of what each of those seven projects would offer. Two projects by Piedmont Housing Alliance, in addition to Friendship Court, are already included in the draft five-year capital improvement program. All of these quotes from before the meeting. The actual conversation takes place again, both later on in the meeting and in a future edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I believe we are live in one minute. If you have uh, something to do briefly, this, this is the time. Mm -hmm. Now the meeting is about to begin, but let's take a break first. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for today's second subscriber-supported shout-out. What does 19th century slave owner and U.S. statesman Henry Clay have to do with legendary boxer Muhammad Ali? The Albemarle Charlottesville Historical Society, in partnership with the Center at Belvedere, will welcome Leontine Clay Peck for a screening of her newly released documentary, Clay 1613, An American Family in Black and White. This will take place Thursday, December 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Center. The film explores Mrs. Peck's 18-year journey 
finding and documenting her clay family ancestry, the black and white, known and unknown, rich and poor descendants of the planter, John Clay, who arrived in Jamestown, Virginia by 1613. Bring your family and join them to learn more about this unexpected connection and much more. The film screening will be followed by a discussion with Mrs. Peck with time for questions from the audience. Register at thecenterseville.org. actual meeting of the Charlottesville Planning Commission began with updates from members of the Planning Commission. Each member serves on other committees, and these updates are a good way to learn what's happening, or at least what's being planned. Commissioner Kareem Hambab serves on the Citizens Transportation Advisory Committee, which advises the Charlottesville Albemarle Metropolitan Organization's Policy Board. He had a briefing from that group's recent meeting looked at an overview of the long-range transportation plan 2050, which is now going to be called Moving Towards 2050, um, in an effort to make it easier and more palatable, I guess. The long-range transportation plan is required by the Federal Highway Administration to signal what projects have the support of elected officials when it comes time to having them funded. Habab said public engagement opportunities for the plan should begin early next year. We set a goal of about 1% public engagement, which is kind of slightly ambitious, but possibly achievable. For scale, the official population of Charlottesville is over 46,500 people. 1% would be about 465 people. And 1% of Albemarle's total population is over 1,100 people. Can they do it? Stay tuned. Habab is also a member of the Tree Commission, and he had an update on the removal of some of the hazardous trees scheduled on the downtown mall. The timeline for that's going to be around mid-January. The lumber is then going to be kiln-dried, and uh, there's going to be some public outreach to determine what the lumber should be used for. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg sits on the MPO Technical Committee, and he also had an update that could mean a tougher road ahead for new road projects. Uh, the VDOT cost estimates for our upcoming smart scale applications are in, and they are uh, absolutely brutal. Um, the uh, Ravana River pedestrian bridge, for example, uh, came in at over $42 million and was expected uh. to cost under $16 million. The scores for round five of SmartScale will be out in late January. The Charlottesville Planning Commission will not meet on December 27th for a work session, but the Deputy Director of Neighborhood Development Services wants them to be ready for a busy start to 2023. Here is Missy Creasy. Please get geared up because we are um, set for the first uh, four, four Tuesdays, which is our regular date uh, for work sessions um, for related to uh, zoning ordinance um, related uh, activity. More details now about the zoning ordinance rewrite from NDS director James Fries. So we're now looking at releasing the draft zoning ordinance itself in three chunks, three modules, as described in, in, in the memo. The first of those will arrive during the week of January 30th to February 3rd. Uh, the second one, uh, and that one is going to be uh, detailed information on the zoning districts. That'll include the zoning map, 
use table and all the district standards. So the measurements, the rules, height, uh, lot coverage, lot size, all of those things that we associate with each of the districts. The second module will arrive in mid-March and will be on development standards. So that's things like landscaping, parking, lighting, and those types of measures. And then the final module is zoning administration. Most importantly, that includes how the review processes associated with the zoning ordinance, and that will arrive in the April, April 3rd to April 7th uh, week. Fries said those dates are guidelines, and he reserves the right to extend them as needed for sufficient legal review. On January 24th, the commission will discuss the future of critical slopes, floodplain development, and entrance corridors. This is the third leg of the Seville Plans Together initiative, and a public hearing for adoption is slated for June of 2023. But that's the end of this particular episode of the program, and the style for this one is a little different, looser, I would say. I have so meetings that I record in a given month, and it often takes me a while to get to them. I plan on working through the holiday and bringing you as many updates as I can. That's what I promised to my paid subscribers, and it's what I intend to deliver. I will be traveling for some of the time, though, so stay tuned on the Substack chat for program updates. I have discontinued my use of Twitter, and I find the Facebook page of Town Crier Productions to be too sporadic for many people to actually see it. So for now, Substack chat for the latest. By now, you may or may not know that this newsletter is funded by readers and listeners through paid subscriptions through Substack. One in four people have opted to pay something, a ratio that has continued to pay off over the past two and a half years. Funds also come from my sponsor, Ting, who will match the first payment for new subscribers. And of course, that's either at the $5 level, the $10 level. Actually, there's no such thing as a $10 level. I'll have more about what you can get out of Ting in the future, in a future installment. But for now, that's the end of this one. It is way too late on a Monday night to get this out. But yet, I have to do this so that another one can take its place tomorrow. I'm Sean Tubbs. Thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>